0: Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul.
1: Another great treat for today's Song of the Soul.
0: We'll be speaking with Deva Haley, who has just released her first CD, Sacred Alchemy. But Deva brings to this milestone a wealth of other milestones. Deva is an interfaith minister. She leads workshops, courses, and retreats focusing on elements of the feminine divine. With her degree in anthropology from Stanford, her post as Chief Transformation Officer at the Shift Network, her founding of the Soulful Woman Wisdom School. You get the idea. This centering and deepening CD is just one more precious step in Deva Haley's work of planetary transformation. Deva Haley joins us by phone from California. Deva, I'm so pleased that you could join me today for Song of the Soul.
2: Thank you so much for having me. It's quite an honor to be here.
0: And it's quite an honor to have released your first CD. That was just the last week or two, isn't it?
2: Yes, it was. We released a CD earlier in September and just had my CD release party on September 23rd. So it's been a very exciting whirlwind of activity and celebration and a lot of fun and a lot of work, too.
0: I'm confused as to whether to think about you as a singer-performer or a healer. I understand that's been a major part of your background.
2: Well, you know, I do have a I have a diverse background. I primarily see myself as a facilitator for people to awaken and to step into the fullness of who they are and i do that for a variety of different platforms i do that as a speaker i do that as a facilitator of a very profound women's wisdom school and then i'm also doing that as a musician and performer or prayer formance we often call it, instead of performance so it's really about creating different kinds of spaces and containers where people can really experience that divine core that resonates inside themselves, so I don't have one... I can't be pegged quite as easily, because I do a variety of different things.
0: But this is your first recording. Did you perform in other venues before you started making this music?
2: Well, you know, this particular album and this expression... Originally, I, I had spent a bit of time in India. When I was there, I would spend my days on the meditation cushion, trying to calm my mind... Sometimes I'd be very successful, and other times I would have real difficulty. I would have what is typically called monkey mind, where my mind would be thinking really fast, and I couldn't slow down into that peaceful, relaxed, joyful state that I was really seeking on my meditation cushion. What I would find is in the evenings, I would go to these ceremonies that were called arti ceremonies, fire ceremonies, And we'd be chanting all of these mantras that I didn't really understand. Most of them were in the Sanskrit language. But what I would find is that my mind would calm, my heart would open, and I would just be in this really joyful state, that feeling of being connected with spirit and being connected with all of the people on the planet as well. And I realized there was something really profound going on. And so I started exploring it much more deeply, started practicing this chanting tradition called kirtan chanting in Sanskrit, and as I got more into it, I realized that there are chanting traditions from many different, not just the Hindu tradition, but from most spiritual traditions have a real singing or chanting component of it, and it has this impact of really opening your heart and through vibration as you're singing the words and singing some of these more ancient languages, the resonance creates healing, creates opening, and so I started exploring that more and more deeply the beginning of this album, the first songs that I recorded were actually my own melodies that were written to more traditional Hindu chants. And then as I went on through the process, I started writing more and more of my own chants, more that are in English, so they'd be really accessible to people from my background as well.
0: Your website is Deva.com, and Deva is D-E-V-A-A, double A in other words, dot com, On there, people find about your CD, but they'll also find about your classes and seminars, services. And services, we should mention, you're an interfaith minister, right?
2: I am an interfaith minister, yes. It's one of my deep joys. I went to a very interesting school called the Chaplaincy Institute for Arts and Interfaith Ministries, One of the things I've found there as an interfaith minister, you end up studying the major faith traditions of the world in some depth so that you could minister to people from all different backgrounds. My own belief is that there's so many different expressions of spirit. The main offering that I'm putting forward into the world right now is a wisdom school of the sacred feminine called Soulful Women, and we offer a really deep dive into these different archetypes of the feminine. Many of these archetypes of this feminine are expressed through the music that you'll be hearing today. And so the songs on the album, you'll find 13 different songs and each song is focused on one goddess that exemplifies this archetype that I'm looking at in in each different song, 13 different archetypes for the songs. And then for people who want to really explore a lot deeper We have this wisdom school and we do have a retreat that's coming up that's called Birthing Your Soul's Calling. And we have a a pretty major women's summit called the Inspiring Women's Summit, which at this point, I think, has about maybe 55,000 women from 160 different countries that are part of it. There's really this hunger right now, particularly among women, to find that thing that they came in as a being in this lifetime to embody, to express. To do, and people are wanting to step into that much more deeply, but are needing environments that really support them to do that. So, after birthing quite a lot of things in my lifetime, and I collaborate with another incredible woman named Elaine Dowdy, we're wanting to create that container in a five day retreat to help other women birth their soul's calling. And then, for those who want to really dive deeper, we have a nine month certificate program, which you can actually also find out about on my website. I think it's just Deva.com slash SWC, which stands for Soulful Women's Certificate. We find that most people are usually comfortable in about three or four, what we'd say, archetypes of the feminine. They might be really comfortable as being a mother or being really compassionate, but they may be less familiar or less comfortable with standing in their full power, speaking their truth Or there's other women who are less comfortable with, say, the wild woman aspect of themselves. And so our intention through our programs and our longer certificate program is to provide a place where people can step into all these different facets of the feminine, which we also or I also express through these different songs on the album and through that process, find themselves much more whole.
0: Well, you've talked about how this is entwined with the music that you experience. How about getting us started with music for your Song of the Soul?
2: So I think the first song that you're going to play is the song Tara. This is a song that is to the goddess Tara. She's a Buddhist goddess. In this particular song, she's the Tibetan version of the goddess Tara. And she symbolizes deep compassion. And people who are from the Buddhist tradition and the Tibetan tradition will meditate on her. They use her as a meditation deity. And as you focus on her image and repeat her mantra, it is understood that you gain more and more of those aspects of compassion in yourself. So in this song, I wanted to use her primary mantra, which is Om Tare Tutare Ture Swaha or Soha. The translation of that means Om Hail Tutara and there's a couple of different pieces of it om is in the many eastern traditions that primordial sound of the universe which is om then tare that's a play on her name tara and tare means a salvation from danger and suffering the next word in the mantra tutare means deliverance into the spiritual life And then the word tutare talks about universal salvation, so one of the things that Tara is really a stand for is not just seeking your own personal liberation, which is really a big focus of the Buddhist tradition. You're not just seeking liberation for yourself, but you're really seeking that for all beings. And Tara is a Bodhisattva. She's going to continue reincarnating lifetime after lifetime until all beings are liberated. It's a very gentle song, and it's really just about, you know, how can we cultivate this compassion, not just for those in our lives that are close to us, for our family, but how can we even open our hearts to those that challenge us, or even to someone that we might consider an enemy? What I find through just chanting this chant over and over, it just has, it's kind of a gentle opening, melting of my heart. It's really about just allowing the vibration of the words themselves to begin to open something in you. So many people that I work with, there's there's a lot of self-loathing that goes on or feelings of not being good enough. And so really beginning with ourselves, having compassion for ourselves, and then expanding that compassion to others as well.
0: And we can do that expansion
2: of ourselves into the world
0: by listening to Deva Haley's song. Her latest CD is Sacred Alchemy, and this is Tara.
1: Daddy.
0: with us today for Song of the Soul. That was her song, Tara, from her just-released CD, Sacred Alchemy. You can find out more about Deva and her work and this raising up of the spiritual feminine, this power that's been so seldomly accessed recently in our societies via her website, Deva.com. Deva is D-E-V-A-A dot com.
2: One thing I wanted to mention, too, is if you go to my website, Deva.com, and then you look for the page on Sacred Alchemy Launch, the launch of the album, you can actually sign up there, and you'll get two tracks from the album that are free, the headline song Sacred Alchemy and also the song called Kali, which is one of the fierce embodiments of the feminine, and you can also get some other goodies there. So if you just go to Deva.com slash Alchemy launch. You can sign up there to uh, get some downloads. And of course you can buy the full album, but if you want to just have those tracks, that's available to you.
0: So we just listened to Tara. Uh, One of the things that I've wondered about, you you said that in studying uh, to be an interfaith minister, you deal with each of the world's religions, at least to some degree. I assume that doesn't necessarily go back in time. I mean, there's, other than the handful that we consider the major world's religions now, there's others that are highlighted in some of your music. How did you learn about them?
2: We studied just the major faith traditions, so we did not study a lot of the more ancient lineages. And in fact, even the whole tradition of the of the Sacred Feminine, which is really ancient, we did not study there at all. So it really was much more of my own interest. I ended up in a training myself that was really a, a women's circle that was dedicated to the Sacred Feminine. And I began having an experience of it rather than learning about it from a book. I began to experience what it's like to be in a sacred circle where spirit is coming through everyone in the circle. And it's really about what we would use. This is perhaps not terminology that would be familiar to everyone, but we create kind of an energetic field that's really active and alive through using color, through, through using sound, through using guided meditations, through using visualizations. And it creates a really potent atmosphere where we all are open to that spirit that's alive and all of us are coming through all of us and to experience different flavors of the feminine, these different Also, what I found would happen in this ambiance was my own memories would get really activated. I have a belief that we do have more than one lifetime, and I began to remember some of my own lifetimes. I remember when I traveled myself to Egypt, we went to the temples of ISIS. I remember just feeling very like I remembered being there and even started having some flashes of you know, women down by the the banks of the rivers. And it it made me Curious to start, you know, studying a bit more about, well, what was, what was happening in these ancient mystery schools of the feminine? And was I involved in this in some way? And in fact, even read a book by Elizabeth Heisch. And it was a lot of a woman's past life memories about the ancient Egyptian mystery schools. And when I read that book, I just had a remembrance and a feeling like this is exactly accurate. I remember it being like this. That's also part of where the song Isis comes from. And that song is really about this archetype of Isis who's, as I experience her, this is more from my experience than an academic understanding, but she's a very powerful, one of the main goddesses from the Egyptian tradition. And I would consider her an initiator, and she's pretty fierce. And she's also inviting people to step into their full power. Their clear power. For me, part of what's been really important about working with this archetype of the feminine is, you know, at least as I was raised, being a, a woman, a white woman in California. And I was raised more to want people's approval, to want people to like me, to maybe not say things or do things that would ruffle feathers or that kind of thing. You know, there's a lot of circumstances where that serves, but there's also a place where I found I've needed to develop in myself that gets really clear about what I know to be true and is willing to speak truth, especially When it is not coming from a place of ego, not coming from a place of attachment, but when it's to illuminate something important or perhaps even to liberate. Isis has been an important figure to draw on and you'll hear the, the lyrics of the song say, you know, she's saying, initiate, initiate, initiate me, you know, help me to be free about claiming my power. You know, I find that having these external beings that you can look to as a source of inspiration and then even invite yourself to open to. We do a lot of processes in our women's circles where we're inviting people to step outside of their everyday persona. And just, you know, say, can you open and even, you know, people might even use an aid, for example, like a mask or a robe or some other way to say, okay, you're not your everyday self now. You're stepping into this archetypal self, this larger-than-life self. And for those who aren't as familiar with archetypes, you know, some ones that would be more common or more familiar might be the archetype of the mother or the queen or the wise woman. And so, we step into the energy of this fierce, powerful being ISIS, allow ourselves to get out of our small, everyday selves, allow ourselves to speak as ISIS would speak. And then as people step into that, practice that, they get more and more comfortable allowing that to be a part of their everyday self. And so... That is a little bit of background on Isis, and it's an energy myself that, I've, as I said before, I've, I've needed to practice getting more comfortable with. just had a conversation the other day with a friend of mine who said, Wow, I really see you as being so comfortable in that energy, in really standing in your power. I have to say, you know, probably seven or eight years ago, that really would not have been true about me at all. So Isis is a, a powerful goddess to work with to empower us in that side of ourselves.
0: Isis by Dave Haley.
1: Cut through the veils now. How many more lifetimes will you donate to the illusion of the ego? Are you ready to directly face the truth of your essential self? It is time to set yourself free. Thank pre- She failed now to claim your power now. Stand tall, priestess. Claim your birthright in the only power there is as the fierce compassion of love. Initiator.
0: power of the spiritual entities. I was going to say the gods, but I guess that leaves women out.
2: The goddesses. They're goddesses.
0: Right. All
2: different goddesses from all different traditions.
0: And we had all kinds of them back in Egypt, but Isis was a powerful feminine source of divine.
2: She was probably the the feminine, almost like the mother goddess, one of the primary goddesses for uh, the Egyptians.
0: And you'll find that on Sacred Alchemy, which is the just-released CD by Deva Haley, Her website is Deva.com, Deva spelled D-E-V-A-A, Deva.com. She's joining us today from California, where she lives. I assume you do your workshops in a wider area, though.
2: Well, you know, most of them do take place in California. We have an incredible campus where we have our offices. I'm actually, I work as the chief transformation officer. It's kind of a fun title of a company called The Shift Network, which is a company that I founded with my husband, Stephen Dinan. And really, our whole company is a platform for highlighting who we see as some of the most conscious teachers around, both from the spiritual traditions, as well as in business, as well as in peace building work, as well as in the area of sustainability. We have all different sectors that we work in, and we do a lot of really big teleseminars and summits. One of our missions in the world is what we call democratizing access to some of the best wisdom teachers alive today. If anyone's curious about that, you can go to theshiftnetwork.com.
0: Give us another song to continue us along your song of the soul.
2: We're going to switch gears a little bit now. So those last two songs have been a a little bit quieter, more introspective, I would say, on some level. The next song that we're going to dive into is called Aphrodite this song is a bit more pop in its flavor. People have told me it feels a little bit more like Madonna or something than some of my other songs but Aphrodite in this song which I have to say in recording it myself was really, it was a stretch for me to embody this aspect of Aphrodite. Aphrodite is known as the goddess of love and she's got a lot of different faces but the part of her that I wanted to explore with this song is the very sensual sexy side of the feminine and why I wanted to explore it was because for myself personally, it's a bit of an edge to really allow that part of me to be seen in the public. As I was saying before, I was raised more to be, you know, more conservative, to be a good girl and to keep my own sensuality behind closed doors and under wraps and, you know, not want to be seen as being, you know, promiscuous or trashy or anything like that. And so I found that I kind of locked down that part of my own being. And what I wanted to do in this song is create a space of permission to celebrate that part of ourselves that wants pleasure, that loves pleasure, and to not split that off from a notion of spirituality. That, you know, spirituality, at least, you know, I was raised in a Christian background, you know, it's not something that was as celebrated. It was more sexualities for procreation. All parts of our being are sacred and our expressions of the fullness of who we are. And so I wanted to create a song that celebrates the juicy, sexy Aphrodite that lives in all of us. And though these songs are really about different goddesses, the idea is that it's not just for women, really. You know, my knowing is that at this time on our planet to really bring our planet back into balance it requires a reclamation of the feminine both in women and in men i feel like right now and this has certainly been true for me the masculine has been really dominant in our culture, both in men and in women. You know, as a woman, I've grown up cultivating a lot more of my masculine attributes than I have my feminine. So I became a very good achiever. I was much more linear, much more goal oriented. In many ways, that served me well and has, and it has, you know, helped me, including, you know, being able to birth an album and put it out there. And as I said, you know, this was, I had, was working with a brand new producer for this song, and I would have to make my producer, you know, turn around the other way as I was singing the song, and I would be blushing. And I just performed it at my release party, and really felt like it was, it was a major breakthrough for me to just publicly own this part, claim this part, celebrate it, and that it doesn't need to be seen as anything that's um, at all shameful, and, and it's a lot of fun. So, Aphrodite. Aphrodite.
1: Aphrodite lives in me Aphrodite Aphrodite what will be Aphrodite Aphrodite lives in me Aphrodite Aphrodite what will be Think I'm just a sweet young thing, but I can heal your broken.
0: Pleasurable Song is Aphrodite by Deva Haley. Her website is david.com. That's D-E-V-A-A dot com. By the way, why is your name Double A? Is that a specific variation to you or does it have some history, tradition?
2: It does. The name actually came to me in a bit of a mystical experience. I was born with the name Haley and at a certain point I had a this mystical experience in the sense of being pregnant. The name Deva just kind of came in as the name of the being I, I thought that I was pregnant with and later I discovered that I wasn't physically pregnant and I had one spiritual teacher who is a very beautiful man who's a, a Hindu saint, he lives in India. His name is Swami Chidnan Saraswati from the Nikatan ashram, and I was speaking to him, and I said, you know, Swamiji, this is such a strange experience. I had this whole, you know, mystical night, and this name came in. I thought I was pregnant, and I'm not pregnant, and he smiled at me. Well, I was speaking on the phone with him, but I could feel him smiling. And he said, oh, my dear, yes, you are pregnant. It's just not a physical pregnancy. This is a spiritual pregnancy. And when you feel ready to put the spiritual side of yourself in the foreground, you can take this name Deva. It means goddess and the spelling with two A's. Makes it feminine in Sanskrit. If it just had one A, it would be masculine. And so the two A's makes it feminine. And so at a certain point, I actually did, I chose to go through a bit of an initiation ceremony and it was beautiful in India. They had all these young orphans who are now monks that did a kind of a name taking ceremony. And so now every time I hear that name, it kind of reminds me of that part of myself that is connected to spirit, that is a goddess, like we all have that side of ourselves. So that's how the name came, and I've been uh, slowly really embracing it, and now that's really the main name that I go by.
0: You mentioned that the Aphrodite thing was hard for you to fully embrace, and you mentioned that in your Christian upbringing that this was not celebrated in the same open, free way that Aphrodite stands for. What kind of specific upbringing? There's a whole wide spectrum of Christian belief, some of which is more open, perhaps, and some which doesn't emphasize that.
2: Well, you know, I went to different churches. I grew up part of the time in the Unity Church, which is a pretty open church. That was in my later years. When I was younger, I grew up in the Christian Science Church. I know that, you know, Christian science can sometimes be polarizing around the medical and and not using a lot of medical intervention. But the way that my family really saw it was that we each have the ability to be healers. We can activate that side of ourselves. And really, it was just a very mystical side of Christianity. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's not that sexuality, I didn't feel it was repressed in any sort of way, but it just wasn't celebrated, wasn't talked about a lot. And I think just, you know, in the, in the culture that I grew up around in general was sort of, you know, good girls are not the ones who are overly sexualized. And, you know, to be honest, I also, I spent time overseas living in other countries and cultures, and I wanted to keep my sexuality really under wraps because, you know, I lived in Brazil, as an example, and in the Amazon, I had, uh, I spent some time working in as an anthropologist, and I would get a lot of attention just because I'm a white-skinned, blonde-haired woman. Frankly, I, I didn't know what to do with that attention, so I really wanted to just keep it all buttoned up so that people kind of wouldn't notice. You know, I was an academic person. I wanted to be respected for my intelligence and not for my body. I didn't want to be objectified, so it's really been a journey of saying, you know, I'm the whole package. I'm my mind, I'm my body, I'm all of it, and it's all beautiful. It's all sacred.
0: It's great that you've been able to embrace that full part of yourself, which, of course, Sacred Alchemy, this CD that you've just released, tries to come at that from so many different directions. We've got time, I think, for one more song. How can we conclude this song of the
2: soul of yours? Well, let's conclude with the headline song from the album, which is called Sacred Alchemy. This song was meant to be a celebration of all of the different sides of the goddess. I actually collaborated on writing this song with a soul sister of mine named Sarah Eden Davis. She also writes a lot of sacred music. She's much more of a rocker than I am and so it was fun. I felt like there was an alchemy between our two souls. We also worked with one of our producers, Christopher Krotke. So the three of us had an alchemy of souls of writing this song compared to the other ones. It's it's even more rocking and upbeat. The alchemy is really about, you know, turning whatever in us is the dross. Whatever is the lead, whatever is the darkness, and allowing transmutation for us to shine the light of spirit to bring full awareness, consciousness, and transmute it into gold. In our wisdom school, which I've mentioned before, the Soulful Women Wisdom School, we offer a lot of different programs about the sacred feminine, and you can check it out at uh, soulfulwomen.com. The final archetype that we work with is called the alchemical goddess. She is represented with a color of the rainbow of inclusion, which really goes along well with my interfaith ministry. It's really inclusionary of everything. She is about the celebration of all the different aspects of the feminine. So her embrace is wide enough to hold, you know, the ones we've talked about today, as well as some of the ones that we haven't explored as well today. There's a song called Pele on the album, which is really uh, a, a celebration of the wild woman, the fierce primal energy that's expressed through the goddess Pele from the Hawaiian tradition. There's also the song Kali, a very nether fierce aspect of the feminine. Kali is a Hindu goddess, often pictured, you know, with a dagger and she is someone who's cutting away your illusions. We also explored the lady of communion who is really, you know, in connection with nature. We explored the aspect of the inner child through the goddess Saraswati. So this song, the Sacred Alchemy song, is meant to be a musical celebration of all of it. Hope you'll experience that through this song, Sacred Alchemy.
0: For Deva Haley's Song of the Soul, Sacred Alchemy, title track of her newly released CD. Her website, again, is Deva.com, D-E-V-A-A. One thing comes back to me, Deva, that I wanted to check before we say goodbye. You said you were working as an anthropologist down in Brazil. I'm pretty sure that a lot of people will see the music that you're doing, the spiritual work you're doing, as not scientific. Is there any tension for you between science and the art and spirituality that you're so vibrantly passing on to us?
2: You know, for me, I don't really experience any conflict. You know, I'm someone that came from a pretty academic background. I went to Stanford. I got my undergrad there. I got my master's there. I'm a Fulbright scholar. So I came from a pretty left-brained orientation. That was all really good, and I learned so much and and was trained so well, and yet I felt like my soul was saying, on some level, I know there's more than this. It's like I've had a lot of food for my mind, and now I was hungry for the food for my soul, and that's part of the space that we are holding and cultivating for people who are curious about the feminine mysteries and want to explore more deeply So that's why we've created a retreat coming up where we really dive into the energy of the Great Mother and also the archetype of the midwife. That's our retreat coming up that's called Birthing Your Soul's Calling. And you can find out about that by going to soulfulwomen.com slash retreats. And then if you want to dive even deeper, we have our Soulful Women Certificate Program that is starting in November. And you can find out about that, deva.com slash swc.
0: And you'll be able to find all of these links via my site, northernspiritradio.org. Come there and find all the links to deva.com, to theshiftnetwork.com, soulfulwomen.com, and more. It's been such a pleasure to have you with us, sharing this very soulful and opening music with us. Thanks so much, Deva, for joining me for Song of the Soul.
2: Thank you so much for having me. It's really been a pleasure to dive so deeply into all this